1: Welcome back in hour number two of the program here on Tuesday morning. And uh, in the last hour, we were talking a bit about this news that came out yesterday from Statehouse News Service regarding the proposed sports betting parlor in Raynham that looks like it's probably not going to be. Well, I mean, it might not happen at all, but it's certainly going to be facing some struggles here now that Caesars has pulled out and is no longer the sports book that will be running operations there uh, when it comes to the gambling side of things. So the group that is behind this proposed restaurant, sports betting, entertainment venue uh, now has to find a new sports book to come in and run things. This will now be the third group to come in, which they say they are in negotiations. So this will be the third group to come in after Bet365 and Caesars both uh, pulled out of working with them. And now they've had to remove Chris Carney from the license. Now, Chris Carney is the son of George Carney, the man who you know started the random dog track and who uh, owned the Brockton Fair for many years and is a major player, as is his son Chris. But they're, they're well-known in that area. And they've had to remove Chris Carney now from the application because of concerns regarding his recycling business. Concerns that are being investigated by the Massachusetts Department of Environmental Protection Enforcement Division and the uh, the Massachusetts Gaming Commission has their own investigations and enforcement bureau looking into it to try to figure out you know, what the um, what the situation is of, of Chris Carney's involvement and if he is indeed part of the structure. They're saying that they don't want him to be part of it. Uh, the The group MGA is saying he is not part of it. But I found it very interesting to say that uh, the conditions that if they do go forward and approve that license would have to be, again, that Chris Carney has no ability to influence the sportsbooks operations through communication with staff or family members involved in the venture. He can't even talk with family members who are part of the group about what's going on there. That Chris Carney be barred from serving as an MGA officer or director in the future. That Chris Carney not hold himself out as someone with decision-making power at the sports book. That Chris Carney fully cooperate with commission investigators. And that Chris Carney severs all business ties with MGA, including an arrangement under which one of his companies plows MGA's parking lots in the winter. So his his plowing company can't even plow the parking lots. I don't know. If I was Chris Carney, I'd be pursuing what legal options I might have for such sanctions, for such restrictions on their license. What has he done? And and whatever he has done, how does that influence what goes on there? I mean, I think we'll we'll need some more information on that, but I don't know. It just seems like it's a – for something that they've worked so hard on, did they not see this issue coming? I mean, they say that they made errors by putting him on, on the application. So did they know that there was going to be issues? Who knows? The bottom line is the sports book that was planned to open, it should have been open by now. The original plan, I believe, was that it was going to open in July. Now, things have gotten held up. Uh, You know, I know, you know, Maven's Delicatessen in Pawtucket, the new Jewish deli. That was supposed to have opened in May or June, and it still hasn't opened. Uh, What else did I just drive by recently that said it was going to be opening soon, and I thought it was going to be open already? Um, I'll think of it. But it was something else, and I was like, oh, they're, they're not open yet? I thought they would have been open by now. So there's you know, probably delays because of supply chain issues and all kinds of other possibilities. But so I didn't think when it hadn't opened yet, I didn't think that that was all that big of a deal. I was like, well, that's probably just taking a little bit longer than they thought. But they had planned on having at least a preliminary facility open now as they finished the main permanent facility. So I I, I don't know. Are they even still under construction at this point? And what are they going to do with that land if they don't get the licensing for sports betting? I would guess that that's a spot that was desired for a long time. We talked about this when the story first broke that it would be a sports book. That's probably been a location that has been eyed by a lot of potential suitors it would be a great spot for housing because it's right near the highway with lots of land it would be a great spot for you know a, a company that's looking to build a, a distribution center because they only have the trucks would only have to get through one intersection one light to get to the highway i believe It it would certainly would have been a great spot for a Walmart had Walmart not built right up the road a few years ago. Probably more than that now, but so I'm sure they've had a lot of people that have had interest in that property, but the Carnies have held on to it because they knew sports betting was coming. They knew that it was only a matter of time before Massachusetts approved it. They they took that gamble, no pun intended. And now there are comments in this story at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app where they say it, it might not go forward. So even though they're negotiating with another potential sports book to run that side of the operations, they might never be able to satisfy the Gaming Commission's restrictions. And maybe those restrictions are unfair. Again, I don't know the details of what they think Chris Carney did. But to say you can't even, you can't talk about the business with your family. You can't plow the parking lots. So if, he's, if his recycling company is under investigation or, or if they have concerns even, I don't, I don't you know, they have concerns about his recycling operation. Why does that affect his plowing operation? Is it because they don't want him to profit in any way from what goes on there? Does that mean that Chris Carney wouldn't be allowed to get a job there, uh, you know, waiting tables? Not that he would need to, but, you know, like, can, can, can he just not profit in any way from what goes on over there? It just seems very strange. I don't know how much you were looking forward to that either. I mean, here we are however long, into sports betting in Massachusetts. And I don't think that uh, the moral fiber of the Commonwealth has eroded. I don't think that folks have been thrown out onto the street because of gambling addictions. I think it's worked out fine. I think the, the Commonwealth has made revenue. People who want to partake have partaken. Maybe a few people have... You know, turned on to it that that didn't know anything about it before. Of course, we also haven't had a football season yet since it became legal. And that's going to make all the difference. We're just a couple of weeks away from what will be the prime sports betting season. So then we can really see what happens. Because nothing gets bet on as much as football. I bet on some Celtics games when they when it first started, and and some uh, March Madness games, and I made a couple of hundred bucks off an initial twenty dollar investment. I forget if I put in twenty. I think I put in twenty five. So out of an initial twenty five dollar investment, I've got a couple of hundred bucks sitting in that account, which I didn't keep betting. As the Celtics went on in the playoffs, I never felt comfortable enough. And I'm certainly not going to bet on baseball. I don't watch it nearly enough to to have an idea. And I was like, I'll just leave that couple of hundred bucks in the account for football season. And then we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll bet on one game a week. Maybe I'll bet on five games a week. You know, I'm only going to bet like five or ten bucks maybe 20 at the most and it's all coming out of that account. I'm not putting more money in and we'll see what happens. I actually find that betting can do two things. It can, it can really increase your interest in a game that you wouldn't have had interest in before. So when I was betting on regular season Celtics games, I paid more attention to them and I cared more about them. When normally I would have been like, you know, is it almost playoffs yet? Because we're like at game 74 and I uh, I kind of just want to get to the ones that actually mean something now. So it can do that. It can certainly increase your interest. The other side of it, though, is that it could also make you obsessed with the game too. And I think with football, that might be what happens is you're going to obsess on with every single play because – there's less games. There's less margin of error. There's less way to make it up. If you, you know, if I lost on a Celtics game, Celtics game I could be like, all right, the next night I'll try again. With football, it's like I got to wait another couple of days. Or if you're going to just bet on one team, I got to wait a week. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I picture myself being involved in it for the first week, maybe the first two weeks, and then either by that point having lost all that money that I had in there. Just uh, cashing out and being done with it. I did take the initial $25 out that I put in. So right now I'm only playing with house money, so to speak. Maybe you've gotten involved in sports betting. Uh, You know, how have you taken sports gambling since it became legal? Let me know. 508 996 0500. And are you disappointed if this Raynham sports book doesn't go forward? I think it was a great idea. I think it'd be a fun place to maybe go out for a night. I don't know that I'd go there all the time, but I'd go check it out. I'm not a big gambler, so to speak, so I don't need to go to a casino. If I go to a casino, it's because I'm going there for something else. I love going to concerts at Foxwoods. But I don't. I don't gamble when I'm there. The folks who are into sports betting, I think, have already realized that they can just do it online. And I don't know that they need to have the social atmosphere of, of going and hanging. Because if you remember the dog track days, it wasn't always fun for somebody who wasn't a huge gambler. Like it was kind of a boring place if you weren't going there and, and, and betting on the races. Yeah, you could go and you could have dinner, you could have some drinks, but for the most part, if you were not interested in actually watching dogs race and betting on them or simulcast racing on TV and betting on them, you'd be looking at your watch being like, all right, when when are we leaving? I would go uh, when I was a cook. Matt Costa and I would go and hang out there. I want to say we did it a couple of times where we would just, you know, it was a Friday afternoon and we would have a couple of beers at the bar and maybe bet on a couple of races on the simulcast. This is when they'd already done away with the dog racing. And then one day we looked at ourselves and we're like, it's kind of depressing being here on a afternoon. Like, why do we do this? I think it's just because we could. There's there's some semblance of that. You, you do it because you can. You know, when you turn 18, you... 18 to buy a scratch ticket? Yeah, you buy one just because you can. When you turn 21, you go to the strip club just because you can. And then you go there and you say, well, oh, I'm never coming back to this place. What a waste of money. But those are just because... Those are kind of rites of passage. I don't know that necessarily sports betting has to be a, a rite of passage. But I think those who were interested in having a a facility like that, this is a blow because it was going to be unique in the fact that it would have been the first sports betting place. I guess now there's another one that might open and and, and beat them to it. But anyway, 508-996-0500. Let's take a break and be back in just a bit.
0: You got the touch. You got the power.
1: the 80s peaked. that's from uh transformers the movie the original transformers movie not the the michael bay stuff that came out uh in the recent years no the real transformers the movie from 1986 that's that's from the soundtrack to that and i think that's when that's when we said okay the 1980s can't get any better uh it should all be actually i shouldn't say it was downhill from there because 1987 1988 1989 were all awesome too and I, I still say this, I've talked about this before, the summer of 1989, best movie summer of all time. You're going to hear people talking about, you know, uh, Barbenheimer and Barbie and Oppenheimer and now Blue Beetle, I guess, is uh, doing, doing okay. It's not doing monster numbers, but it's, it's doing pretty well. People are going to start talking about, oh, is this is going to be the most profitable summer of all time. It doesn't matter. Keep your money. Keep your billions of dollars for for one movie at the box office. In terms of awesome movies, no summer was better than the summer of 1989. You had Ghostbusters 2, Lethal Weapon 2, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, what else? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm sure there's other ones that I'm not thinking of. So many great movies in the summer of 1989. So I had originally planned when uh, this summer started, I was like, I'm going to do a summer of 89 movie rewatch and just watch all the great movies that came out that year. And then I didn't, I never started. So I was like, I'm not going to, not going to bother, but that's all right. There's still time. Summer's not over yet. I just don't have the time to sit and watch movies. However, uh, if you do get a chance to, to watch the movies this week, or maybe this weekend coming up, or uh, that movie Skidamarink is now on Hulu. The most disturbing movie I've seen in, in recent years. If you haven't seen it yet, check it out. If you do have if you're prone to seizures, uh, I wouldn't watch it because there's a lot of flashing light in it. But it is it sat with me for days and I couldn't shake it. It's like my nightmares come to life on the screen. All
2: right, and with that, let's go into the newsroom now without a fast. Economists say a government shutdown is likely to happen later this year. Goldman Sachs released a report last night that says all the ingredients for a shutdown are present, including, quote, a thin house majority, a dispute on spending levels and potential complications from various political issues. The report points to debate over aid for Ukraine and funding for border security as prime examples. It goes on to say that a government shutdown would create some problems for people, But it wouldn't be much less damaging to the U.S. economy than if the government were to have defaulted on its debt in June. President Biden says the people of Maui will have everything they need to recover after the deadly wildfires. More from Mark Mayfield.
0: While touring the town of Lahaina on Monday, he met with families of victims and thanked first responders. He also stressed how much he wants Maui to regain its same character as it rebuilds. Officials say 850 people are still missing as search and rescue efforts continue and 114 people have been confirmed dead. The wildfires tore through Maui earlier this month with the historic town of Lahaina receiving most of the damage. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: New funding is rolling out for asylum seekers in New York City. Governor Kathy Hochul has announced $20 million for funding to support migrants staying in New York City shelters. Additionally, the governor says shelters will start using a triage system to more quickly get migrants into their own housing. The state recently deployed more than 1,800 National Guardsmen to provide material support at city shelters. A Chicago woman has been arrested for allegedly threatening to kill former President Donald Trump and his teenage son, Barron. Trey Thomas
0: reports. Prosecutors say she sent multiple emails to officials at a Florida school, saying she'd shoot both Trumps straight in the face at any opportunity that I got. The woman admitted to writing the emails during an interview with Secret Service agents. I'm Trey Thomas.
2: A closely watched special session is underway in Nashville, Tennessee. Lawmakers returned to the state capitol yesterday where they started discussion about public safety and mental health. It was called by Republican Governor Bill Lee in response to the Covenant school shooting in March, which left six victims dead, including three nine-year-olds. Families impacted by the shooting have started a non and are urging lawmakers to pass some sort of gun reform. It remains to be seen whether that will happen as the session continues today. And, It's me, Mario! Yes, it is. The original voice actor for Nintendo's Mario character is moving on into a new role. The video game company says Charles Martinet will now serve as its Mario ambassador as he steps back from playing the famous plumber. Martin A. first began voicing Mario in 1991 and made his debut video game appearances in 1993's Mario's Game Gallery and 1994 Mario Teaches Typing by Interplay. Most video game fans came to know his voice thanks to 1996's Super Mario 64 for the Nintendo 64. Martin A. made a brief cameo in this year's Super Mario Bros. movie while Chris Pratt voiced Mario. In sports, the Boston Red Sox winning streak ended after the Houston Astros beat them last night 9-4. The Sox will continue their series against the Astros tonight at 8-10 p.m. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. A beautiful day today. Lots of sunshine, nice, comfortable
1: air. In fact, a little bit of a feel of fall for the next couple of mornings with those dew point temperatures down into the 40s and low 50s. With all that sunshine today, we'll see highs climbing to around 77 degrees. You'll notice a breeze out of the north, about 10 to 18 miles per hour. Then for tonight, that breeze settles down. Sky will be mainly clear, and it will be a cooler night. You can perhaps turn off the air conditioners finally, get a good night's sleep. Overnight lows dropping back to the mid and upper 50s. For your Wednesday, another delightful day filled with sunshine, comfortable conditions, and highs again in the mid-70s. Be sure to watch ABC6, my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Bill Guile on New
2: Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 64 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app.
0: Think of it as breakfast for your mind back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! We're with the Mario Brothers and plumbing's our game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sick is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be...
1: And, you know i, I recently watched the, the Super Mario Brothers movie because they put it on peacock and so I didn't pay for it
0: Yo, you're in for a treat, so hang on till you see get ready for
1: and i was I was pretty happy that they they made a reference to that song in the movie that that when the Mario and Luigi are they have a commercial for their plumbing business and they they used that song. I was uh, I was pretty happy for that because I watched that show every day when I would come home from school, and so yeah, people are like, "Oh, Charles Martinet is retiring as Mario." Oh, I'm so upset that he's retiring as Mario. Yeah, okay, fine, but to me, the real Mario is Captain Lou Albano because <laughs> he played the live action Mario in that commercial. What a what a role that was. And, and somebody looked at Lou Albano and said, that's our Mario. That's our, that's, that's our Mario Mario, because that's, I guess, his name. So, but such an iconic character. It really is. It's, this is like when Walt Disney stopped, because wasn't he the voice of Mickey Mouse originally? Or like when, you know, Jim Henson passed away and he couldn't be the voice of Kermit anymore. Although Martinet didn't create Mario, he was the first voice that we really heard outside of you know Captain Lou and whoever was voicing him in the commercial uh, in the uh, cartoon. But the personality of the Mario voice came from Charles Martinet. But the um, the movie that came out was was pretty good. It certainly was better than the Bob Hoskins. John Leguizamo Mario movie that came out in the early 90s. But also, that kind of has its charm, too, for its weirdness. It's such a weird movie. Like, instead of, like, you know, Goombas are mushrooms, right? Anybody that's ever played the game, a Goomba is a mushroom. Well, in this movie, they were large soldiers that had tiny reptilian heads. Whatever. It's like somebody played the video game. Somebody somebody sat down and played like eight straight hours of Super Mario Brothers and then took some illicit drugs, went to sleep, and had a dream that turned into that Mario Brothers movie, the, the, the 90s one. So at least the new one was a little bit more faithful to Mario and to the idea behind Mario and... All that, but there's a lot left for them to explore. It's I, I could tell when they made that movie that they made it very limited in its scope to kind of set up future sequels. And I'll, I'm not going to go to the movie theater to watch them, but if they put them on Peacock, I'll, I'll I'll watch them. It was certainly I could see why kids liked it, but it also had enough references and jokes for the adults as well. And none none better in my mind than, than having that theme song. Because as I said, I would come home from school every day. You know, I was Nintendo obsessed when I was in the, the, the fifth, sixth grade. Really sixth grade. Because my mom said we could never have a Nintendo. I had asked for one for years. She said we couldn't have one. I would only get to play it if I went over a friend's house or over my cousin's house. And then Christmas of 89... We opened up all of our gifts and I was like, oh, thank you. You got all kinds of great stuff. And then it was just like in a Christmas story, you know, like what's that behind the, the couch over there? I'm like, no, no way. And I go over and I open it up and it was, it was a Nintendo. And imagine a house with five kids that all want to play Nintendo, all want to play Super Mario Brothers. That was going all the time. So I would come home from school and do my homework as fast as I could. Then I could sit on the couch and I could watch Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which, if you recall, was Mario Monday through Thursday. And then on Fridays, you got a new adventure of The Adventures of Zelda. And then I also had the breakfast cereal. In in the 90s, Ralston had the market-cornered, On all of the cool brand cereal. Like all the cereal you wanted to get. Because you liked Ghostbusters. Because you liked Gremlins. Because you liked Nintendo. You liked Spider-Man. They had all of those like brands. They had all of those licensing deals for cereal. But they were all basically the same terrible cereal. Like you didn't actually want to eat the cereal. But you wanted your parents to buy you the cereal. And the Nintendo cereal was unique in that uh split right down the middle there was two bags inside the box bag on one side was mario brothers bag on the other side was zelda mario was kind of like these like corn pops things that were blue and red and like sweetened really sweetened and then zelda was i think more like an oat cereal with marshmallows what and, and what a what a cereal that was What was I? What was I just watching? I don't remember. I was watching something over the weekend, and somebody was drinking a Ramblin root beer, and I was like, "Oh my god, I remember Ramblin root beer." Got replaced by Barks, but Ramblin was a something that I would have had with my not with my Nintendo cereal, but you know, around that same time. Anyway, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. What, what cereal did did you like? you know what I liked that that uh I don't think they have any more alphabets and then every once in a while I could get the marshmallow alphabets but alphabets was good because not only could I have a a nice breakfast but I could spell out swear words and show my sister hey hey jamie look look what my look what my cereal says Mom, Tim's writing swears with this here. No, I swear I put, put it in my bowl, and that's what came up. All right, we'll be back in just a few moments. 508-996-05. And, you know, I just got a, a news alert on my phone that uh, if you are headed into the Randolph area at all, be aware that uh, officials are urging people to avoid an area of Randolph where a heavy police response was reported uh, late Monday. So it's still an ongoing incident even now. This was posted der, 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 it was updated at 6:10 this morning. So um it's an ongoing incident in the area of Moulton Street. People are being asked to avoid the area. So I don't know. I've I've got family that lives in that area, so when I saw the alert I was like, oh, I know people that live out there and Moulton Street is right behind North Main Street. So it's right in the heart of like the downtown area. It's actually right behind Zach's Pizza if you're familiar with with that. Um but it is uh that's, it It sounds like there's something concerning going on there. So try to avoid that area if you are heading out that way. 508-996-0500. We were talking about the um, Raynham Park is, I believe, its current title, but the former dog track. And the proposed sports betting facility that would be there now in jeopardy because the sports book has pulled out, Caesars has pulled out, And now the Massachusetts Gaming Commission wants one of the potential owners of the property, well, one of the owners of the property, but one of the potential people involved in the the new venture, Chris Carney, to be removed from anything to do with it. Like his plowing company can't even plow the parking lots. That's how serious they are about wanting him to be as far away from this as possible and no real reason given in the statehouse news story. Uh, that is posted at wbsm.com outside of the fact that he's in uh, you know being investigated something to do with his recycling business but um, it's certainly an interesting roadblock in the way of what should have been the first sports betting parlor in Massachusetts as far as i know i mean you know standalone I know that they've put sports books in some of the casinos but this would have been standalone. Uh DSY in New Bedford says um that uh he bets with FanDuel every night just to keep that appetite going. Yeah, and that's I was using DraftKings. Um in part because you know it's a Massachusetts based company and they offered a pretty good deal when this all became legal and and also like I I have a friend who's employed by DraftKings, not that I get any inside information or anything, but I just, you know, want to support his place of employment, the same reason he listens to WBSM, even though he's not political at all. So I think that it's, um, it's something that those who want to partake in have found a way to do so. And this place would have been less about the sports betting although it's hard to say that because you know you always you also say well you know casinos aren't just for the people that want to go there and gamble but then you go to there when do you see the people who just go there every day and gamble and i'm sure there would have been some of that at this the sports book but at the same time it was also going to be nightlife entertainment a place to go out at a time when there's not a lot of places like that still around you can go out and have a nice dinner. They were going to have, I think they were going to have like dancing. So live music. Things like that are hard to get people to make an investment in anymore. But when you have a venue that could generate the the revenue, then you can have some of those amenities there as well. But I think step one is they've got to find that new sports book to run things. And, and it looks like they are in negotiations with some. But how how is that company that they're talking to going to feel when they say, well, wait, so you've got to get the son of the guy who is the main owner of the product. He's got to get out of this. Like, what's going on? Who who are we getting into business with here? And I think that that's the, the perception that people are going to have from, from these restrictions that are being put on there. But uh, I don't know. And I also wonder, does the does the Brockton Fair sale hinge on whether or not this deal goes through, if this project goes through? If this gets held up, does do the Carnies then decide, well, instead of selling the Brockton Fairgrounds to the city, because they have a memorandum of understanding, it's not a f- closed deal, at least when I talked to Chris Carney about it last month. Does it become attractive then to say, well, you know what, we are just going to sell it to a developer who's going to turn it into housing or or something more profitable? Because the altruism of saying we're going to sell it to the city so that the city can use it however they see fit. And if they want to keep a a fair going or if they want to have, you know, other public use of this this land, you know, that's up to them. That sounds really good, but. What if you're not making the revenue on the other project that you had planned on? Uh, let's see. I have to take a break. Let me take a very quick phone call here, though. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Oh, hold on. There you go. Now you're on the air. Good morning. How are you?
3: Was you able to listen to the whole um, interview with Marcus and Chris and Mark Martigny yesterday? No, not yet. It was very, very revealing, and I'm not shocked that this is where it ended up. I've touched base with Mark periodically about this stuff, and oh boy, and Mark actually used the word because he had his lawyer with him. He says when only one bid is put in and no process is put out, and they ask multiple times why not coming into the end of the twentieth year and then the extension, he said, he said it—the word corruption. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Yeah, That's I think a great interview.
1: I, th- I think that, you know, w- w- from what I did here, he wasn't not mincing words. And you can tell that this, this fell apart in a way that should have been preventable.
3: And they were they were told multiple times over a three-year period, you must do this and this, both sides. It just wasn't happening. So, But yet they went out and under me um, and his was it St. Id or something uh, like that? M-
1: Mount, Mount, Mount Ida College.
3: Yeah, there you go. Like all that and it just sits there with no real direction where they're gonna go, but they wouldn't spend money down here. Oh boy. And in regard to the counties, um just before COVID, the Galleria and shut down. Now that's their project. They're a the majority um ownership group over there. Wonder how that's gonna get connected.
1: Yeah, it just it seems like things are not working out, not shaking out the way that they expected them to, but I mean I, I hope that they have, you know, the 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 capital in the bank to say, you know, we can, we can hold off on these projects and not, not just react and, and, and sell them off to the first person that makes us an offer.
3: Would you go make an offer? I wouldn't. You have friends I, who would back you?
1: I, I would offer to, to buy the, uh, the dog track property just to take people out into the woods to go on hunts for uh, thunderbirds and the giant snakes that are supposedly out there that aren't supposed to be in this, this area of the country and all these black I mean. panthers and other things people have seen out there.
3: Right, because that's west of the big swamp.
1: That's Yeah, that's that's prime Bridgewater Triangle space out there.
3: Absolutely. All right. As you know, I lived out there for a few years. Always a pleasure, my friend.
1: Likewise. You have a good day. And I do have to take my final break of the hour back in a few moments. And that'll do it for this hour. We will, uh, of course, talk with you more coming up in the next hour. And then, of course, Chris and Marcus with South Coast Now at 9 a.m. We'll have uh, after that. Phil O'Reilly with the O'Reilly Report. That's, of course, every day at noon. Right after that at 12.15, the Barry Richard Show, followed by Howie Carr. And then Jess Machado has you covered with South Coast tonight for the evening hour. So a full day of programming, full day of discussion, a full day of interaction with you. So uh, I see a caller calling in right now. Caller, I'm just going to ask you to hang on because we've only got about 20 seconds here. But uh, I'll keep you on hold, and we'll take you right after the news, or if you need to hang up and call back, I understand. But if you hang on, I'll make
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.